What's good, y'all? How y'all doing? Happy late Monday. Yes, my sleep schedule is so bad. We did a 24-hour stream earlier in the week, and it was around, what was that, Saturday? New Year's Eve. We did a 24-hour stream. Okay, to catch y'all up around the 18-hour mark, um, you know, everybody celebrates and shoots guns in the air, you know what I mean? So that's how it is. And somebody made a mistake and shot the transformer and power went out in the whole neighborhood. So, yeah, we had picked up where we left off and uh, we did the last six hours. We went strong and we finished strong. And um, honestly, I got to say, my sleep schedule is so screwed. Like, it's terrible. And, and I'm just now getting up. It's six o'clock at night. Oh, no. But we finna do this podcast. We finna bang it out. We finna thug it out. We finna get it done. Because... I like to get shit done. Anyway, um, first thing, foremost, and most indebtedly, um, about that 24-hour stream. We had a good time. I really enjoyed myself. I want to thank everybody who came by and supported. Thank everybody who decided to stop by. And um, anybody who just was there to watch. I thank all y'all. We had a great time. A really great time. And beyond that, I really want to uh, highlight that we've been having a great time playing some Resident Evil games and it's been fun. I can't wait to get back to Resident Evil 5. That's what we've been playing lately. Uh, we've beaten for just for, you know, fun. We beat Mega Man X2. Uh, what else did we play? Oh, a lot, actually. I think I did a good chunk of it was Apex because that's a game that can keep me awake for many, many hours on end. It, it, I would have to be really tired to stop playing Apex, but um, yeah, we we played a lot, man, and it it was great. So at the at the current moment, I'm wondering why we play five. I'm I'm debating should I play Resident Evil Zero alongside Resident Evil Five, but at the same time, I'm thinking maybe not. So we'll see. Um, you'll find out come Wednesday. I won't be back Tuesday. I'll come back Wednesday. And that's when uh, you'll see me um, resume the stream because I got to correct my sleep schedule somehow. Uh, it's going to be hard to do this because I don't like, you know, not doing nothing. But uh, we're going to see what we can do. Anywho's, first things first, let's talk about what I've been watching this week. So apparently this past week, we decided to take a look at Ninja Scroll, which is a, a movie that it feels familiar i feel like i've seen it but i didn't remember any of it and damn was it awesome um that art style and all the stuff they did like all that hand-drawn art bro was so delicious it was beautiful the fights there they may not be as fantastical as today's like anime fights because you know they have more tools to be able to animate these fights today but as far as hand-drawn fights go, it was brutal, it was entertaining, it was fun, it was great to look at, it was great to listen to. The sound effects of the dude with the stone skin, when he was throwing his, whatever that was, that huge, I don't know, double-ended kunai boomerang thing, whatever it was. Like, it was so much good stuff in that whole thing. The sound design was perfect. And the moment where Jubei was getting his ass beat against the wall by uh, Genma. And, and you can hear the the wall, the, the sound of his back hitting the wall behind him as he's getting his ass kicked. 
And not only that, you can hear him trying to catch his breath each time he gets punched in the stomach. The winds get knocked out of him. It's a it's a it's a work of art. It is a masterpiece work of art. Ten out of ten. Oh my God, it's so good, man. It's just so good. And now there's even details that you wouldn't realize until later on in the plot when it's revealed. So I I, I loved it, man. I loved it. I can see myself watching it again. That was that was great. I actually had a good ass time. Now forward from there, uh, we also took a look at some Pootie Tang. Shout out to uh, Dirty Napkins over on Twitch. The boy did a 48 hour stream, and I thought I was strong. Wee! I thought I did something. Boy, I thought I was over there balling. This man did a 48 hour stream, and um, yeah, it was a good time, man. Y'all ought to check that shit out. Like, he, he ain't bad. If you like Call of Duty, you know what I'm saying, and stuff like that, you know what I mean. Go ahead and check him out. Y'all know me, I'm not too big on the Call of Duty, but I do respect his grind and his hustling, you know what I'm saying? I do pop in and watch him from time to time. So yeah, y'all do that. And uh, yeah, be easy. Lemon squeezy and greasy. Anyway, next thing on the docket, well first thing on the docket, because we might as well just jump on in the news. Because honestly, I got nothing more to filibuster about here, and we ain't really played no new unique games in a bit. So yeah. But I will, I will make it known since I've beaten Resident Evil 3 and 3 Remake next to each other that anybody who complained about Resident Evil 3 are out of their mind. I'm sorry. I love you. You're fine. You deserve to live just as any other human being. But still, you stupid. All right. Can I be real with you? Can I? Can I be real? Alright, Resident Evil 3 Remake was a great game, and it was a complete game, and a better game than the original. The original was a clunky PS1 mess, and it was a product of its time, and it didn't even live up to the game that came before it during its time. So I don't even want to hear no shit, number one. Number two, the best thing about Resident Evil 3 Original was the extra modes after you beat the game, and that's it. Original Carlos was trash. Original Carlos was trash. I'm gonna say it again. Original Carlos was butt cheeks. And then finally, everything else after that really didn't pan out. It was just like new area. It's small though. Here's another new area. It's small though. And they didn't even give you like 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 the pacing was terrible in the original game. You you're in Raccoon City for like the majority of the game, big chunks of it. It's terrible to navigate. The map makes no sense. They spawn the nemesis in doorways that you're supposed to go through. So you can end up wandering around when usually that type of mechanic and game design is meant to lead you toward where you're supposed to go. So that was a terrible decision. And on top of all of that, all of that some things in that game just was like events that just felt like just just way too scripted the entire situation where you bump into nikolai after he kills the dude in that one uh office and then you go into the kitchen in the back the pantry or whatever the hell it was with all the food and you find all the um the uh, uh, uh gunpowder and some type of key or whatever that you need and soon as you pick up that key guess what Boom, bunch of zombies just magically just crash through the windows. Nikolai disappears. Here he comes in here comes all the zombies in the hallway in the back. Alright, so you you shoot them all, you kill them all, and then you're just supposed to go on about your day. Like it didn't 
feel like it was enough. I didn't. I, I and, and I'm not saying that Resident Evil 3 was bad, but I'm just, I'm just saying like it didn't live up to what came before it, and I didn't ever see it on the caliber as Resident Evil 2. Now. The thing about it is, when you accept the fact that Resident Evil 3 is supposed to be more of an arcade shooter rather than survival horror, or arcade horror shooter, I guess you could say, <sighs> whatever, um, I guess that's what betrays it, because it's way too, because of the arcadey nature, you don't really have to manage your ammo that much. You get so much to the point where most of the mechanics that's implemented, you don't really need that much ammo. Now, I played the remake in my opinion on the remake is that you really don't have to play the original ever again unless it's just for nostalgia purposes or just to like you know comparison or you know if you like retro games in that sense because i'm trying to be fair here because there are ps1 games that are incredibly clunky and just don't play well and they're just uh, just just indescribably frustrating like blasto so you just gotta like be fair in that sense because at least three is playable and beatable now three remake was amazing okay it was well paced each area did not overstay its welcome they sectioned off each area very well done you don't spend too much time there so you feel like you're making progress and you don't get tired of looking at the same places and as you move forward you end up interacting with more characters. You interact with more, you know, saying different environments. You find different zombie types as you move forward. Carlos has his own unique areas, and even then, they are great. The sections that used to be retread ground in order to reuse assets in Resident Evil 3, which was like the precinct, the RPD precinct. Well, the thing about it is. In this one, you revisit it, but you don't revisit it just because it's reused assets. You revisit it as Carlos, and it becomes a unique part of his story. And him, he was the one that used C4 to blow out the wall in the showers, which was originally blown out in 2, which plays directly into the plot of RE2, and it's all amazing. I, I, I'm still blown away at how good they did that. So... I have to sing praises. Resident Evil 3 was a great experience. Everything about it. Even the hospital section. The hospital section was so good with Carlos. And then the retreading of it with Jill. It's great. Everything in it makes sense. It's great game design. And I, I don't. I, this is another situation with The Last of Us. People don't accept games for what they are. Or the intention of the developers. They just say game's not good based on what metric what are you judging it up against what are you comparing it to what is the bad that you're saying that it is compared to the good as opposed to what how is this bad and i and i heard someone say it's bad because of how fast you can beat the game who cares speedrun times resident evil 2 had way higher praise and it had the same speedrun times under an hour all Resident Evil games are short. The longest one is probably RE1 Remake. And even then, who cares? Buddy, these games were not made to be long form. Until 4 came along, there were no long ass Resident Evil games. 
And so, no more Rants by Resident Evil because we talked about it last week. But I've been playing a lot of RE and I'm, I'm very passionate about this. I think I've said most of the things I just said last week. But I don't care. But anyway, no more talking about the original three. Um, now, as far as um, another thing that we revisited on the stream was I played some more of that Long Survival uh, DLCs. And I beat the... Yeah, I beat the last one that uh, I didn't do, which was Long Survivor, and we unlocked more, which is dope. So, Resident Evil 2 has these extra modes that you can unlock when you beat these challenges. But also, Resident Evil 3 Remake has um, replay value with outfits and skins and things like that, and weapons that you can purchase. From points of earning and, and completing things but also which is a uh, very completionist friendly as far as I could tell is give them something to work toward and Resident Evil 3 remake also came with a multiplayer a full-blown multiplayer that's better than Dead by Daylight so that's interesting you know what that's probably what we'll do we'll try to see if, I'm gonna see if I can queue up for some of those at the start of the stream when I come back Wednesday see if we can play that shit see how it works um but yeah, I played the beta for it, and it felt like it was much better than uh, Dead by Daylight. I would much prefer an asymmetrical multiplayer horror game that actually requires like shooting skills and stuff like that, and teamwork, you know, on another level. That that was dope, and I liked it. Um, so yeah. And next, I gotta I gotta wonder, I gotta answer, I gotta think about it. Okay. Uh. Yeah, RE5. Uh, the PC version of RE5 can be a bit clunky. I might switch the controller because it feels weird the way it behaves, but uh, we'll see what we do about that. But for the time being, um, I'm enjoying myself. It feels nostalgic. It takes me back to when I first played RE5. feels good. So yeah, that'll be fun. So y'all uh, stop on by and have a good time with that. I gotta be honest. Now. I don't know what else to talk about, so let's jump into the news. Also, oh, 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 Fatal Fury 2. What was real about Fatal Fury 2? I gotta admit that game feels good to play. The only thing is three-button fighters are weird. <laughs> but um it's fun. It's fun. It works out, feels good, had a good time with it, so it ain't bad. Um these these it's it, running wild, you bastard. If you're gonna make a video with me fighting you and beating your ass you could at least link my channel in the description as heck but yeah um but i love you and i see y'all niggas trying to get me back into um fighting games i could tell i ain't no fool i ain't i ain't trying mm -mm. anyway let's get into the news y'all so we can um <laughs> wrap this up uh, over on PCGamer.com, first thing on the docket, Asus develops a DDR4 to DDR5 adapter card. You should see this ugly dumb shit here, boy. <laughs> it's interesting to make uh, from an engineering standpoint, but lord, it's so dumb. It looks like a Game Boy, you know the Super Game Boy? If y'all don't know what the Super Game Boy looks, uh, looks like, go ahead and Google that, a picture of that. And it's basically a big ass cartridge that you can put Game Boy tapes into and play the Game Boy games on your Super Nintendo 3 TV. And this this right here is dumb. The um, adapter basically, it draws a lot of power on the MOBO. So it's not really that efficient, honestly. And 
The thing about DDR5 is, well, I'll just read it from, from the article at nauseum. While the Alder Lake memory controller supports both DDR4 and DDR5, the modules are fundamentally different in terms of architecture and power supply. The latter is a key roadblock as a DDR5 motherboard lacks the ability to manage the power supply of a DDR4 module. So this would have to be done via the converter. And that's where problems arise because it says that could this kind of solution benefit hardcore overclockers? The high latency of DDR5 doesn't suit some benchmarks, and so the ability to use DDR4 memory in a high-end board could see it get limited interest. But then there are other issues such as very long memory trace lengths, which means that even if everything else works perfectly, it will never be able to reach the same maxed out clocks and timings of as a DDR4 motherboard. So long story short, boards have to have the memory modules that it needs which is if the board is made for ddr5 then give it ddr5 and you will get the maximum performance because components are literally designed with other components in mind so with that being said if you're working on something that's made and optimized for ddr4 but also compatible with ddr5 that doesn't mean that it's optimized for ddr5 so you're not going to get the performance that you would if you had a board that was literally optimized for DDR5 memory and then you're using DDR5 memory on that board. Anywho's, y'all get what I'm saying. What I'm trying to say here is that, um, how can I say? I hope, I hope y'all understood that. I'm going to trust y'all. I know y'all smart. Y'all listen to me. I know y'all get it. And if you want more explanation, ask me in the stream, I guess. And uh, there's no um, there's no shame in it, you know what I mean? If you need more breakdown, it's fine. But um, yeah, basic computer components can only do what they're told and made to do. And because of that, you have to give it what it's made to do. So yeah, um, this converter is not that great. It's also super tall. Like it's tall to the point that it can likely block your fans if you're using like a Noctua cooler or any type of vertical fan coolers on your CPU it could literally block airflow with this converter and it's actually super tall and kind of problematic so keep that in mind as well so yeah and in its current in its current state the converter can only accept one module so you need to run two for dual channel running the device would require extensive BIOS modifications since Asus Maximum boards, Maximus boards all use DDR5. It would require a lot of engineering hours to properly implement, meaning it's more work than it's worth and it's just not worth it. Next thing on the docket, same site, different article. Intel is set to disable AVX512 on its 12th gen CPUs. It was expected to be honest at the subtitle and honestly, I'm not surprised. The thing about this and the most beneficial thing about AVX 512 was that it was super useful on the RCPS3 emulator and it didn't really benefit much else aside from, you know, saying very key separate applications and whatnot. So in recent BIOS updates, it's going to be disabled altogether and honestly, it sucks, you know, but oh well. 
It says that Intel is set to fully disable the AVX 512 instruction set on its entire Alder Lake CPU range. Prior to writing our launch reviews, we had no reason not to believe Intel when it claimed that AVX 512 was not available on 12 gen CPUs. It wasn't long enough long after though that motherboard manufacturers and users discovered that the omission of AVX 512 turned out to be a soft lock. So basically um, because of this soft lock, people were making their workarounds and making sure that they could disable or enable it, whichever they preferred. And all in all, once they uh, update the BIOS, it won't matter at all. All those workarounds will be defunct and they'll have to deal with it. So <clears throat> either run older BIOS and no update or just, you know, accept the coming things. But um, I'm not sure. I'm not as well. Oh, they said right here in the article, the PS3 emulator. Yeah. I'm not sure what other uh, software is going to be. It, it has been a uh, very applicable with. Uh, has made good use of the AVX 512 but honestly I haven't been following Intel as closely as I used to because I mean they've really just been crashing and burning and it's kind of sad to see and they've been making some questionable decisions especially given that um, they're making you, you got Asus over here making adapter cards for memory modules but they say they're making the adapter cards because there's a shortage in components and like but wouldn't it take i mean i guess the whatever it takes to uh whatever it consists to uh, develop the adapter cards is not the same components but i just i just don't know but anywho's destructor.com japan 3ds and wii u direct credit card payments are ending next month meaning online transactions will not be possible on the Wii U and the 3DS on the 18th. So get ready for that. You will still be able to purchase games by getting a prepaid card out of GameStop or Walmart or wherever and get an eShop tokens or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And with that same account that you use, I think it's transferable from Wii U to Switch to 3DS so you can still load them onto your Switch and buy the games on the Wii U. You should still be able to do so. And, um, yeah, it's just going to burst past that. That's everything that you need to know. Nintendo Life. Sonic Frontiers was originally planned for a 2021 release, but Sega wanted to brush up the quality. The team has high expectations for it. Basically, to give you out the uh, outline, they're saying that they were frustrated with the fact that in the past, they were releasing a new Sonic game every year, but that was problematic because the quality would decrease. I think we mentioned this before a few months ago. And uh, they're acknowledging it even more so forefront. So yeah, Frontiers is basically going to have real AAA funding and a, and a reasonable amount of time for development. And I like that. So this is what we're getting. Apparently that's what they're claiming. And I hope they deliver on that. So yeah, let's see what happens. Damn. And last thing on the docket, Square Enix says it hopes NFTs and blockchain become a major trend in games. Honestly, bro, this NFT shit's getting out of hand. <laughs> I'm just going to be real with you. Because now that Square Enix has hopped on, it's getting to the point where now you, you, you can see where this is going to go. Where people earning by playing you're gonna end up with this like imagine logging on to a game and you can't like get any upgrade gear because it's all open market and 
the market has probably been driven up sky high and it's just no like it's terrible and these things that are being implemented you're you're putting it in a place where humans have already found all types of ways to abuse systems when it comes to economics you're gonna ruin gameplay for a plethora of people who get into the game and you're gonna ruin the longevity of games as well it seems because with the way things go the only incentive to buy sell and trade based on this whole blockchain thing and this minting of items within games is if these game these items have a necessity you know what i mean if it's outside of pure cosmetics then these things are going to have to be a necessity in order to complete the game in order to drive people to want to buy them in the first place so that's going to be another line that, that's going to end up crossed on the slippery slope if we continue like this we we got a new that's going to be a problem and by that i mean anybody who's ever played an mmo before imagine if the items that you had to buy from uh, message boards forums and shops online shops you know what i mean with in-game gold but the economy be so screwed that it's like the item that you need in order to progress costs you like two million gold which takes you all of maybe a month to gather you know what i mean and now say that's the only way to get that item not just for cosmetic reasons not just because you want to match up a set but say that's the only way to get that item you'd be screwed and that sucks i'm not a fan i'm not a fan and this is ruining things this is this is ruining a lot i i don't like it unless it's used for like some the only way i can see it implemented proper is if it's used for like a side thing like say you're playing final fantasy and there's like an actual inner working like economy system within it for like you know things that don't affect the main gameplay and completely optional then fine but still i don't want that either because it's still like i said a slippery slope what one developer would do with honest intentions another one will rise up and do it for evil intentions okay just plain and simple just plain and simple when when microtransactions the dlc and microtransactions was the perfect example when dlc started to rise in popularity and gta gave you two whole separate extra story modes characters voice acting and everything in the dlc and then you had other games come out and say okay if you want the ending of the game by the dlc this is what i'm getting at everybody don't have the same morality when it comes to business because they say business ain't personal so with people out here not knowing how to vote for their wallets and the more casual gamers that gotten into gaming and being completely irresponsible with their wallets in terms of game purchases it's telling them based on the stats that oh okay they like to buy a bunch of microtransactions they're not looking at the fact that this person just wanted these wings on their character or this hat they're looking at the fact that the numbers say that they had upwards of 200 extra dollars to spend on the game aside from the initial price point in order to purchase the game which is sixty dollars so they saying that we could squeeze more money out of them as by average and because of that y'all keep buying this shit like that you're gonna keep ruining the industry vote with your wallets y'all keep saying it we're gonna keep saying it we're gonna keep saying it vote with your wallets anywho's 
that's me going on and off about uh, quartz and this whole like Square Enix NFT or Ubisoft and Square Enix. So I, I'm, we're gonna move on from that. Uh, I'd rather not talk about NFTs too much unless it's something major or another you know company decides to stupidly join in. So I'm not gonna do that. Uh, and all in all, man, I'm just going to move forward because everything that's got to do with crypto and NFT is just that whoever gets in early is the only one that wins. And the, you want the majority of people to enjoy the experience. That's the whole point of video games and the interactivity. You know what I mean? So, man, fuck NFTs. Anyway, y'all, there's been another episode and uh, I will see you. I'm literally workshopping to see if we can like reformat these... Um, this podcast honestly because i feel like it needs a, a facelift it's not i think it's not engaging enough i think it's not enough i don't know i can't tell we might have to transition to a video only content and and instead of just being video on the post i don't know we'll have to see but all in all for the moment uh Thank you for listening. I'm in Georgia. And always remember the channel motto. Intentions are the most important. Actions ain't nothing loud. And words don't mean a damn thing. Y'all take care of yourselves. I need to do the same. And take my own advice. And peace.